This is the truth about Oasis Network. We're about to reveal some crazy facts about the Oasis Network that you don't know about. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing the truth about Oasis Network. What is happening with Oasis Network? You might know it as the Rose Token. So let's dive into it and see what they're all about. Yeah, so it's a privacy coin. It's a privacy blockchain. And if you've been following the show, you know that we love privacy coins. We think that in the next bull run, privacy tokens, privacy blockchains could be one of the, those themes that really rips. You know, you see, you saw the metaverse rip, you saw play to earn rip, NFTs, DeFi. I think the time for privacy, if you look at what's going on in the world, there's a lot of need for these privacy blockchains, which is why we decided to do this episode. It could be, but there's something I think I'll reveal throughout this episode that you're going to have to stick around for that could also stop that theory and its tracks. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good point. All right. So, um, overview of Oasis network. It's, um, I think it's the hundred around of the hundredth ranked crypto mm-hmm. 107 or so things are moving pretty quick these days. Um, <laughs> it's got like a 450, 500 million, uh, market cap. 50% of tokens are in circulation. Um, you know, it's about 90 to 95% down from its bull run high of 55 cents down to about four or five cents right now. Um, and it's something you mentioned right before we started this episode was it was one of the most actively held and traded tokens last yeah, I year. Did, I didn't know that. Like you think about the Ethereum's, the Solana's, the you know, any of them, mm. and the ecosystem expansion that occurred actually saw them being the second most held asset in crypto at the top of the bull market in Q4 of 2021. That's really interesting. Um, I think when you think about privacy coins and if, if you're not familiar with with what they're what they're built for they are at their root built for a lot of enterprise adoption yeah. because if you think about say there's trillions of dollars in the financial and healthcare markets that are not exposed to blockchain at all because traditionally blockchains are public so you, if i send you coins on a blockchain everyone can see it if i hold coins they can see it any transaction on an ethereum or a bitcoin or whatever it is is public but privacy blockchains come in and they can change things. So you, you can't have healthcare transactions being publicly visible on a blockchain. And for vulnerable financial transactions, if it's a mortgage or insurance or a loan, you can't have any Joe Blow being able to see your mortgage, your, your, your loans, your investments, your insurance. It has to be private. So that's where I think I can see a lot of adoption coming with an Oasis network. For sure. I definitely see it primarily in like the healthcare um, sector. So whoever is able to grab hold of that first, maybe in social media, depends on the advertising dollars and where all that's going, et cetera. But the beautiful thing is these are confidential smart contracts that allow for sensitive information to be crossed across, uh, be sent across dApps. Mm. So that information is not exposed. Yeah. And one of the cool things about, um, the potential for privacy, and we've talked about this with other projects. It's about owning your digital identity and only showing like the, it's like the proof of what you are and what you can do without 
giving access to your vulnerable information. And a cool thing that Oasis Network does, it actually allows the tokenization of data, of your identity. So you can take your data and choose who gets access to it and also earn money from companies accessing your data. So that I think could be, if it actually gets mainstream adoption, a pretty revolutionary thing where, you know, normally you go onto a Facebook or an Instagram and, you know, your data is all theirs. Everything you put on there, it's owned by Mark Zuckerberg and they monetize it how they see fit. But if we see something like the Rose token and Oasis Network really come to fruition, you can start earning money from providing your data to companies. And that I think, you know, crypto has, has unlocked a lot of these do this to earn, play to earn, move to earn, data to earn, whatever it is to earn. That's an interesting angle, I think, that could potentially, you know, change a lot of things about how people provide their data and earn money. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely great for the the people themselves, um, being able to tokenize your data and instead of having a, a third party making, you know, millions of, or if not billions of dollars off of your sensitive information. Will these bigger companies allow for something like that to happen because they're already making so much money, they can lobby, etc. So it's it would take a bit of groundwork to allow for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. That'd be like one of my pushbacks against what would make Oasis Network not see adoption. Yeah, definitely. So the way that it works, it's, it's called paratimes. And Oasis Network basically fits in between the consumer and the business. So the consumer shares their data with the Oasis protocol, and then it's distributed to the business where the business actually never gets access to it, but they only access the part of it they need. So there was that trial they did with Instagram, I believe, over the past like six months yeah. where Instagram did a, a poll. I think it was to find out uh, possibly your, your age and your race. And, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to give Facebook, Instagram access to my vulnerable data. But they use the Oasis network to fit in the middle where they were able to extract that data and, you know, pin it to the person's identity without Facebook ever getting really control of that data. So it was an interesting kind of trial. That's where I could see, you know, companies, if companies are using that moving forward, people might be a lot more likely to share their data. And if, if you can do a, a pilot run like that, where people are also, you know, they're earning from providing their data like that, I think a lot more people are going to share their data. Yeah, an encrypted, encrypted data goes in and then spits out an encrypted result. It's I mean, it's pretty groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see this technology get adopted more. <laughs> uh and especially when you have a huge company like Meta who actually just used it, like that, that says a lot, mm. right? So I think there was another company you mentioned before we uh, started this podcast that was being used. They were protecting um, the, their DNA, was it? Nebula Genomics. Yeah. Yep. So they want to um, basically give users control of their genetic data. So again, you know, sharing your genetic data is very vulnerable. You don't want people to get control of your DNA. However... Providing your DNA data to all these science, compa these science companies that are doing research, there's a lot of value in that. So if you're properly, um, you know, incentivized, you know, giving a monetary return for providing your DNA data, and you know because you're using Oasis Network, it's not going to fall into the wrong hands, then I think a lot of people are going to want to do it. There we go. I think that is now what would actually bring more, because right now you might only get 5% of the population willing to do it, but mm. if you can still provide this data earn rewards or a monetary uh, reward for it, and you know that it's not going to be compromised, you might take that 5% of people willing to do it now and turn that into 15%. Yep. So it is ends up being more profitable for everybody. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. 
Um, so more on their tech, they, so this is another, <laughs> this is another layer one. Yep. That, <laughs> so I solved the trilemma. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot. Of <laughs> we're fastest. We're most environmentally friendly and we're scalable and we're, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's too many fucking layer ones in this space. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so this one, I think they, they claim that they've solved was it so while layer one platforms exhibit many fundamental differences almost all the main to solve the scalability trilemma that's it right so that's uh decentralized scalable and secure but with this one it's almost like the quadrilemma or quad, uh, quad yeah. quadrilemma yeah, yeah also brings in confidentiality perfect so what other platforms doing that right yeah i mean i i love the whole um angle of privacy and you know we're just talking about they partner with meta and instagram this nebula genomics they've also we always talk about you know what is the real world adoption we like to look at companies that are looking at the enterprise space and oasis network has also worked with some other interesting names they work with binance to um, create this crypto safe alliance um, oasis labs and binance it allows exchanges to to share threat intelligence data to each other so, you know, again, it's for security, it's for privacy. And the fact that Oasis is working with Binance, the biggest exchange in the world, I like that. Mm. There was also an unnamed Fortune 500 healthcare provider for privacy purposes. Right. And so they were doing exactly what we were talking about at the start of the episode. They were using Oasis Network so people could share their patient data among third parties to help everyone learn about certain diseases and conditions without actually exposing the person or their vulnerable data. Mm. That has a massive use case. Absolutely does, yeah. yeah. They also were working with the uh, BMW group, was it? Was it was the BMW group. Yeah, so that was, um, I have it here somewhere. I can't, like, privacy solutions, data in the automotive industry. There's yeah. not, not a lot of I'm detail. Sure, yeah, that one was a few years ago. Mm. Um, but hey, the fact that they were working with the BMW group, I think it was, again, around early stage user data sharing user data about the automobile industry that maybe you don't want to know that it's, you know, the nifty investor that had this data about their automobile, it's but you just want to know the data. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of use cases for it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And I like to see the fact that they've been working with all those companies, which is why it's a top 100 project. Mm. You know, it's not just a theory. It's not just, oh, we could potentially do this. They're actually doing it, which I like to see. And they also have, you know, in terms of big names that they've, how either... A, working with them, or B, have people on the team who have worked for these big mm. organizations. So the Oasis team is made up of a top talent list from people around the world, backgrounds in Apple, Google, Amazon, Goldman Sachs, uh, Berkeley, Stanford, Harvard, mm. et cetera. So you like to see that. You like to see the smartest minds in the world come together to, to build a decentralized platform. Um, what I really liked, uh, we highlighted in a previous episode, we touched upon this very briefly, is the fact that they they created like this fund so they could work with all the top uh, universities across America. So they had all the top universities on the working to make this ecosystem even better. Right. And then they had that two hundred million dollar um, grant, the ecosystem fund. To yeah. and you always want to see that. You want to see that there's capital on the side um, there for development of the ecosystem to make it better. Yeah. So Binance Labs was one of the leaders in that $200 million ecosystem fund, which you always want to see a project with cash in the bank. You know, if, if we've learned anything from the FTX crash, you want projects that have runway. You know, you want projects that have hundreds of millions of dollars to grow the ecosystem, invite developers, invite building, and, you know, 
grow adoption and eventually grow the, the price of the coin. Because if you looking at a cash strapped project in a time of a crash, well, it might not make it. It might go to zero. But if you have these projects that are strapped with cash from Binance Labs, the biggest exchange in the world, plus a lot of huge venture capital companies, not to say anything is for sure. If we learn from one thing from the past crash that nothing <laughs> is for sure, but it's a good sign. Yeah. It's a good sign, right? Yeah, they also have Polychain and Pantera. Yeah. Um, another thing to note is that, you know, for anybody who holds Polkadot or Near uh, Protocol is the fact that uh, the technology that Oasis uses is something called par paratime layers, which we talked about previously. Yep. So they have a consensus layer and then they have the paratime layer. And the paratime layer is designed for true decentralization. Any can, anybody can develop on it and it increases versatility and scalability. This paratime layer, and the reason I brought up Near and Polkadot, is it claims, I, I'm not a tech developer, so I can't, it'd be tough for, for me to verify this. So it's, what I'm doing is, trying to highlight the fact that this paradigm tech that they use is considered to be superior to um, the polychain, or sorry, the pair chains on Polkadot and more efficient than the sharding of Nier. Right. Because it requires smaller uh, replications for the same level of security. Right. So it can actually move faster. Interesting. And scale more efficiently. One of the really interesting pieces that I thought I, I learned about the Oasis technology is it goes back to this whole tokenization of data. So their aim is that everyone can create like this, you know, customer consumer portfolio with their consumer data and turn it into an NFT. And then you own that NFT. And then if anyone wants access to your data, whether it be a, a mortgage provider or an insurance lender or, um, uh, you know, whatever healthcare, you know, if they want access to your, your NFT, you know, you can potentially earn from them accessing your NFT. So it's like, you know, we always talk about long-term use cases for NFTs. And if, if you can put your, yourself and your, your data without exposing your vulnerable data, mm. it's like your proof of, proof of data, mm. proof of, you know, proof of whatever. And then you earn from that NFT if companies want to access it. It's a really interesting idea. You know, I think it's going to take a lot for people to actually consent to do that. It might take, you know, um, some very like celebrities doing it or big companies pushing it before like, you know, your, your normal, you know, your average people are going to be making NFTs out of their own data. But it's a really interesting idea that really piqued my interest. It's mm. like they're doing something different here. We're still early. I mean, there's still a lot of time to be had. I mean, we got to let the whole FTX thing sort itself out and all those, all those other things and regulations, et cetera. Um, to the Rose token, people, you know, I'm sure people are going to be watching this episode thinking like, oh, is the Rose token worth investing in? And... So for the Oasis network, the, the ticker that you would, you know, as an investor, speculative player would be looking at the ticker rows. And that is used like any other layer one for transaction fees, staking, delegating, et cetera. So what you need to see is ecosystem growth and you need to see revenue generated for the token price to go up. Yep. I'm not sure we're seeing that yet. Um, Again, because of what has occurred with FTX, need to scrutinize projects a little bit more. So I went onto that uh, website. It's called uh, tokenterminal.com, and you can see which projects are actually actually generating revenue. And I wasn't able to see them on there, so I don't know if they actually are they worth the two to three billion dollars that they currently sit at from a market cap perspective. Um, but that that is what you'd be looking for. You want to see ecosystem growth, and you want to see revenue because that is what's going to ensure that this token price goes up. Yeah, and uh, to that same point, you know, 
we've, we've seen a lot of comments about when we do these truth abouts and people want us to kind of talk about the risks and the downside for projects. So that's a good point. And one of the other things I found was that the ecosystem is still very small. Mm. If you go onto the Oasis Network website and uh, uh, affiliated projects, there's only seven DeFi projects and three NFT projects that are currently built on Oasis Network. Ten projects total. Mm. That's a tiny ecosystem for a, a project that has a multi-billion dollar market cap. I know they have their $200 million um, ecosystem fund that can grow that, but that is a very small ecosystem, which gives me maybe pause that, well, I do like the idea. Maybe the market cap is a little bit too inflated. It's hard because on one hand, you have the ecosystem that's small, mm -hmm. but then on the other side, you have them working with Meta, Binance, BMW, all these massive companies that could potentially expose them to a huge amount of customers very quickly. So it's a, it's a tricky one, right? And the fact that it was the top second second held crypto asset in 2021. Yeah. Um, two other red flags. I mean, everybody who, uh, well, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people who follow us know that layer ones are inflationary. There is still an inflation rate of 2 to 12% per year. So if you're not seeing the ecosystem growth, you're probably going to see a decline in price due to the inflationary aspect. Uh, the other thing, and this is the one, the point I wanted to highlight at the very beginning of this episode that would cause me concern is what's happening with the EU. Did you see this? Um, so basically the European Union is considering a ban on all privacy coins. Right. That's not good. Is that tied into what happened with the tornado cash thing? Um, it's, it's basically it came out. So it's a cryptocurrencies that aim to enhance user privacy and support anonymous means of payments could mm. be for forbidden as a result of a new European uh, rule that was drafted for money laundering that was occurring. Right. So it might have something to do with the tornado cash thing. Regardless, <laughs> it's like sometimes when one bad thing happens, it's like, oh, I cancel it for everybody. Yeah. So you there's know? potential regulatory risk in the entire privacy coin sector that you need to be aware of. Exactly. So, you know, I know that the world is much bigger than the EU. However, that is still a big mm. area in addition to if they're doing it who knows what's going to happen in the u.s are they going to also ban privacy coins etc so that's right. another thing that would just have me kind of exercise caution yeah 100 percent. and other other coins in the privacy sector that we've talked about in the past would be secret secrets in the privacy one amina protocol has a lot of privacy they also do that proof of data thing we've talked about them we like their project um, Oasis Network obviously is is probably the leading one of the leading privacy coins. We saw what happened with Tornado Cash; the developer got arrested. There's also Monero. Monero yeah. yeah, so it's an interesting sector. Um, I mean, look, what would you say? You know, what's the truth about Oasis Network? I think it's an interesting project. Personally, for me, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I think the market cap is a little inflated based on how big their ecosystem is. I do like their partners, and I still do like the privacy sector. But as to what you said, I want to see what happens with these with these regulatory with regulatory laws. That could be something that you can't overcome. So for me, I like the project, but I'm going to take a wait and see, and I'm not buying it yet. Yeah, I'm in the exact same boat. Exactly yeah. what you just said there. I like it, but maybe not right now. I'm not going to touch it yet. With just due to the market cap to ecosystem size, yeah. Uh, in addition to understanding how the how the rose token accures value in addition to the fact that there are these regulatory pressures yeah. over in the EU. 
I'm gonna back off. It's too many question marks for a little bit. Yeah. Right. But uh, I, I like the I like the concept. I like the concept, and I see the real world use case. Yeah. And then we can reevaluate at a later date. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you guys want us to do a truth about your favorite crypto project, drop it in the comments. Whichever one gets the most likes, we're gonna put it on the list. And then make sure you tune to the next episode. That one's gonna be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the BeamPod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the BeamPod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.